Our gospel lesson on this fifth Sunday after the Epiphany is from Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 13. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount, our Lord's Sermon on the Mount. If you are able to, I'd invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, if anyone, therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words, and your word is truth. Lord, let your truth dwell deeply within our hearts and minds, and by the power of your Holy Spirit to be lived out in our lives, as you teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever seen someone in a restaurant when their meal is served to them that they whip out their phones and take a picture of their beautifully, uh, the beautifully uh, adorned uh, meal that they're about to eat? Usually it's a, a young person. And now, tell a story. Yo, you do that too, huh? Tell a story about my daughter, the one who is out now with her daughter. <laughs> I didn't think she'd be here so I could tell this story about her. But she went through a, she went through a, a phase where uh, she would uh, post pictures of the delicious and delightfully appealing uh, a food that she prepared for herself. Now, this is when she was single, before she was married and had a little daughter. You know, you have time to do that. But she did prepare some delicious and delightfully visually appear appealing food, and she liked to post that for us all to see and for our mouths to water. Well, Psalm 34, verse 8, tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see 
that the Lord is good. And that's essentially what Jesus is teaching his disciples to do for the world, to enable them to taste and see God's goodness by being salt and light. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. In these Sundays after Epiphany, we've been focusing on living as disciples of Jesus. Last week, I taught that the Beatitudes describe the character um, of a Christian. Christian theologians, and so uh, in our text today, we heard Jesus talk about the witness of the disciple, and that's our theme, the witness of the disciple. Uh, Christian theologian and author John Stott, and as more and more as I quote people that have had a great influence on my life, I have to say the late John Stott, uh, who passed away here in 2011. But he wrote, a Christian's character, as described in the Beatitudes, and a Christian's influence, as defined by the salt and light metaphors, are organically related to each other. Our influence depends on our character. End of quote. Our witness is in living out the Beatitudes that Jesus taught and, frankly, the rest of the Sermon on the Mount as it will unfold. Well, first, our witness, as Jesus defines our witness, as the salt of the earth. Verse 13, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Jesus is emphatic here. You are the salt of the earth. It's not a command to become salt or to be salty. It is what we are as disciples of Christ by virtue of his presence in us by faith. Bible scholar Richard Lenski wrote, all believers are salt. Let me say that again. All believers are salt. Their faith makes them salt. And if they're not salt, they're not believers. In the days before refrigeration, salt was essential for preserving food to keep it from spoiling. Undoubtedly, the fishermen among those disciples, you know, think of Peter, James, John, Andrew, um, those fishermen, I'm sure, salted the fish that they caught for export to towns farther away. You had to, or they wouldn't have made them to market. Bible teacher R. Kent Hughes <clears throat> noted Jesus' call to be salt is a challenge for his disciples to be a preserving influence in a decaying world. That's our calling as salt. Some people are labeled on social media as influencers. You might be aware of that term. Of course, how they are influencing others and what they are promoting is as varied as their own personal ethics or lack thereof. <laughs> the effect of lives that are lived for Jesus 
is to impact for good every aspect of life in this world. There is no earthly sphere where the righteousness of Jesus Christ is not meant to have an influence. And to be salt means to be an influencer for Christ's righteousness. So salt was, was essential for preserving food, but also salt enhanced the flavor of food and enhances the flavor of food, making it appealing to the taste. And so Colossians 4 verse 6 exhorts us, let your speech always be with grace as seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should respond to each person. We are to be influencers. We are salt, the salt of the earth. Martin Luther gives us some explanation here. He says, the real salt is the true exposition of the scriptures, which denounces the whole world and lets nothing stand but simple faith in Christ. Well, that's a challenge. If he goes on to say, if you want to preach the gospel and help people. You must be sharp and rub salt in their wounds, showing the reverse side and denouncing what is not right, showing, showing them by your own life what is right. That's kind of a little bit caustic there. Luther points out that salt indeed stings. In his word, it bites. Salt that has lost its taste, he says, means salt that has lost its teeth and sharpness. Salt that is no longer, salt that no longer seasons or bites. Jesus is very clear and unequivocal about this. He said, if the salt loses its saltiness, how shall it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So if we as Christians do not carry out our function as salt in this society, we are useless and good for nothing. Ooh. The church, which abdicates this responsibility, will be trampled on by an ungodly culture. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in The Cost of Discipleship put it bluntly, either we follow the call that is to be salt, or we are crushed beneath it. It's important to note that every revival of faith included a great remorse over sin, and by the power of the gospel, a turning from living, from unrighteous living to living a righteous life. And whole cultures including in this country, in the past, have been changed by people who have repented over their sin and who have begun by the power of God in them to live righteously and proclaim the gospel. And that's our function as salt. Well, second, our witness is to be the light of the world. Verses 14 uh, through 16, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. The light that shines through us indeed is the light of Christ, who is the light of the world. Jesus said that at least on two occasions. I am the light of the world. And, and, and then Jesus calls us to be the light of the world only as we reflect his light in our character and in our lives to a needy world. We are to point others to Jesus, not to ourselves so that when people see our good works, they don't say, oh, how great we are, but give glory to God. Jesus plainly said to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Christ will shine through his disciples. They are a light by virtue of their faith in Jesus Christ. We are lights if we are believers in Jesus Christ. The only question is, will our light be visible to others or are we going to hide it? Dietrich Bonhoeffer warned a community of Jesus which seeks to hide itself has, seek, has ceased to follow him. Community of Jesus which seeks to hide itself has ceased to follow him. He goes on to say that the, the bowl um, or the bushel uh, may be that we hide, by which we hide our, our light, maybe the fear of people. We don't want, you know, people to think uh, badly of us. Or he says, maybe our bushel is just conformity to the world. John Stott uh, would say, the, the witness of the disciple uh, is to the extent of our distinctiveness from the world. If, if we're just the same as the world, then we won't have an influence on the world. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 implores us, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ephesians 5, verses 8 and 9 instruct us, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And so our light is to shine so that others may see our good deeds and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Now it's important to note that the word used here for good, that they may see your good deeds, it's, it's, it's interesting that that word is not the usual Greek word for just good in quality, but it is a, it's a different word which means good in attractiveness and beauty. It has to do with the appearance of how people see it. Good in attractiveness and beauty. R. Kent Hughes, uh, author R. Kent Hughes explained, Jesus wants our light to shine through beautiful, attractive works. John Stott said the primary meaning of works must be practical, visible deeds so that when people see these, they will glorify God for they embody the good news of his love, which we proclaim. 
Without them, our gospel loses its credibility and our Lord his honor. End of quote. We heard in our, our Old Testament lesson today about the fast that, that God likes, uh, that God approves, and, and it is uh, in doing justice and, um, and uh, freeing the oppressed. And it says, then your light will break forth. Well, finally, Jesus exhorts us to practice what we preach. Do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. He goes on to say, therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches them, these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. We are called by Jesus to live out the righteousness of God's law, not by our own power, we can't do it, but by the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus has already fulfilled the law in his flesh. We're going to hear more about that next week as we talk about the righteousness of the disciple. But suffice it to say that our witness to the world depends on pointing others to the righteousness of Jesus, not to, our, not to ourselves, but to the righteousness of Christ. It's not legalistic righteousness, but spirit-empowered righteousness. Well, that's what the sermon's going to be on next week. Tune in. Living righteously in an unrighteous world is a testimony to the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in us. We are to be Christ to the world. His light, his righteousness in us. As disciples of Jesus, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world only as Jesus is living in us. We are salt only by the righteousness of Christ imparted to us. We are light only because of Jesus shining through us and being reflected in our lives. And so we ask ourselves, as a believer and disciple of Jesus Christ, then if you are, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, and so be an influencer for Jesus Christ. Be an influencer for righteousness and God will receive the glory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you have sent Jesus to be our Savior. We have no righteousness of our own. We thank you that Jesus indeed fulfilled all righteousness on our behalf. And that, Lord, as we receive him, we receive his righteousness. Thank you for making us righteous in Jesus Christ. And may we live out that righteousness by the power of your Holy Spirit at work within us so that the world would know your goodness, O oh Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.